Hello and welcome to this edition of Inside Warhawk Athletics presented by Educators Credit Union. This is a new series we've recently launched to showcase the personalities in and around UW-Whitewater Athletics. My name is Kelly Storty and I'm a graduate assistant in sports communication for the Warhawks. Today's guest is Steve Hilmer who is the Director of Sports Medicine here at UW-Whitewater. Steve has his bachelor degree in kinesiology and master's degree in exercise science. He is a licensed athletic trainer and certified member of the National Athletic Trainers Association. He also serves as a chairperson for the WEAC Sports Medicine Committee and is the UWW Athletic Department's representative on UW-Whitewater's care team. Steve is always there to be a helping hand to all athletes and put a smile on their face. Today we will discuss Steve's background in athletic training and sports medicine and how things have changed due to COVID. Thank you so much for joining me today. Steve, how are things going? Things are going well, Kelly. Just thanks for having me on and you know this should be an entertaining hour here. Yeah, I can't wait for it. The first question I have for you, Steve, is can you walk me through um, your college selection and did you choose a school that specifically had a kinesiology program? Um, I did, Kelly. When I was in high school, I wanted to find a career that kind of um, involved athletics. Um, I also enjoyed the sciences, so I was looking for a career that kind of married those two together. Um, obviously med school was one thought. Um, I just didn't feel like I wanted to spend that long in school. Um, we had an athletic trainer at our high school, um, that graduated, um, from UW-Madison. So, you know, talking with him, you know, when I was a senior, um, playing basketball, you know, he told me I should probably look at UW-Madison. Um, so I was fortunate enough to kind of grow up around the Madison campus. Um, my mom worked on campus, um, so I was familiar with the campus. You know, you know, I actually went to some other schools in the WIC um, and kind of visited there, but I compared everything to Madison from um, growing up kind of on campus. And so ultimately it came down to me choosing UW-Madison um, because of the location, the quality of the institution, but also because they did have a student athletic training program. That is super awesome. It's nice that you had, you know, been to campus before, felt comfortable with it already, and then obviously they had a program that was going to benefit you. So hopping from that question to the next question, um, how did you become passionate about athletic training and what made you want to become a trainer? Um, you know, previously, you know, I had said that, you know, I excelled in the sciences and kind of, you know, all the science courses kind of, you know, always kept my interest. Um, when I was in the athletic training program, my first semester at Madison, it's kind of an observation, um, kind of go and observe other student athletic trainers, you observe, you know, staff athletic trainers. And so, you know, that could just kind of reaffirm for me, you know, being at practice, you know, seeing how they interacted with student athletes, how they interacted with the physicians, uh, you know, with the coaching staffs. Uh, it was kind of, you know, a large family. So at that point, I felt comfortable kind of in that profession. And, you know, I think it made UW-Madison, you know, smaller. Obviously, it's a large school, you know, but having that kind of group as a you know, family, friends, you know, colleagues kind of gave you kind of a sense of belonging as to where you should be. 
I agree with you totally. Definitely in athletics, there is a sense of, you know, being a part of a family. And obviously our trainers and our strength and conditioning coaches are all a part of our family. So I think it's really cool that you got to be a part of that. How about walking me through what a typical day in your job consists of? <laughs> I, think, I think that's the funniest part about my day. And what I enjoy the most is that there isn't a typical day. Um, but we'll talk kind of pre-COVID. Uh, Pre-COVID for me, uh, especially in the fall semester, um, you know, is kind of chaos to begin with. Uh, obviously, we have preseason, you know, kind of starts a couple weeks before school starts. We have some of our fall teams that come back, you know, and are on campus before, you know, school starts. So, you know, it's doing some of their baseline concussion stuff. It's doing their pre-participation participation medical forms. Is kind of getting all that information from them, clearing them for practice, um, and then ultimately for competition. Uh, once school starts, um, thankfully there's a little more of a set pattern because um, in preseason teams are practicing between you know one and three times a day depending on the sport, um, and so then it's you know trying to get individuals ready. Once school starts. Um, I typically work with the women's soccer team as one of the teams, so they practice in the mornings. Um, so this year they started to practice at 6.30 in the morning, um, which puts me in my office at 5.30 an hour beforehand, try to get everybody ready you know, for either practice or strength conditioning. Obviously, I will cover their practice, um, you know, kind of wrap up with that group by 9 o'clock. Uh, and then, you know, kind of during the mornings, um, to kind of the mid-afternoon time is kind of some individual rehab, some appointments, you know, some meetings, um, and then kind of in the mid-afternoon, kind of the one thirty or so range, um, kind of move into other teams that may be practicing in the afternoon. Um, obviously, I cover women's golf, which fortunately, unfortunately, you know, I, think I don't get to see you guys a great deal because you're not injured, but it's also good that you're not injured. So, uh, Definitely. And so then it's, you know, a basketball, you know, might start at 2 o'clock, so some of their student-athletes will kind of roll in at one fifteen to get ready before practice. You know, they'll leave the training room. Track and field will start to come in, you know, for some of their groups around 2 o'clock as well. Um, and so then basketball will either end up around 4, 4.30 or 5, depending on if they have lifting before or after practice. Track will end up around 5, 5.30 kind of wrap up, you know, some of the day around six. And then if there's no um, competitions that night, then I'm out the door at six. Otherwise, typically our competitions start at seven o'clock on those nights. And then it's a lot of rinse and repeat for the next six days of the week. Definitely sounds like that you're on your toes all the time and you're definitely keeping busy. So when you do start working with a new athlete, how do you design a rehabilitation plan for them? Because obviously you are the head of everything and you are the one who creates these rehab plans for all different kinds of athletes with all different kinds of injuries. So, you know, obviously there's an individual component to all of the programming. Um, obviously golf may have some more rotational type stuff, some low back stuff. Um, soccer may have more ankles to knee injuries. Uh, men's basketball can have some knee injuries as well. And then kind of across the field, you know, in track and field, you know, there's upper and extre lower extremities, some low back type stuff. So I think the biggest thing, you know, for me is just 
you know, kind of building the rapport or the confidence with the student athletes. Um, you know, I think a lot of that kind of goes, you know, it's helpful, you know, that the upperclassmen um, on each particular team, you know, have confidence in their athletic trainer, you know, with their strength conditioning coach, because, you know, I could tell them how great I am, but, you know, till I'm blue in the face, but, you know, if one of their teammates says, you know, well, I'm injured, well, just go see Steve. He helped me out. You know, that carries a lot more weight um, than me or one of their coaches telling them how, you know, how qualified I am. And so, you know, I think trying to build a rapport with the teams, you know, beforehand, you know, trying to figure out how kids, you know, react to injuries or situations in school, at practice, you know, can kind of all help me kind of tailor what I'm going to tell them and kind of their approach. And so, you know, sport by sport, obviously there's some subtleties and everything, but ultimately the goal for myself and the strength and conditioning staff is to, you know, condition the total athlete, make sure that they're ready to return to competition in a healthy way um, and kind of, you know, fix any or correct any irregularities they may have in their health. Right. I agree. Now, more than ever, I feel like athletes are actually presenting their trainers with all of the injuries that they have because they understand that long term, it's really going to help them in their sport. So hopping from that question to now this question, how do you motivate athletes when they are recovering from an injury? You know, I think one of the things to do is, you know, being honest with them, you know, Obviously, every, everyone's going to heal a little differently. There's not, you know, one set time frame for each injury. It's going to vary on a, a number of factors, you know, how much they're participating in practice, you know, how long they've been injured for. And so one of the things that we try to do is, you know, talk to student athletes about being proactive in their own health care. You know, instead of waiting to co- come see an athletic trainer three weeks after they hurt their hamstring, you know, coming in right away, will give me more treatment options. There may obviously maybe things we can do at practice, modified, keep you out of some drills, activities that allow you to continue to participate while rehabbing, as opposed to if you wait for three weeks, you know, the only thing we may have on us is rest. And so, you know, the other thing is just because you come see an athletic trainer for an injury evaluation or rehab doesn't mean we're going to hold you from practice. So I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions with some of the freshman student athletes is that if we go see the athletic trainer, they're not going to let us practice. Our goal and desire is to have you on the practice field, but we also have to make sure that we do it safely. And so it's, you know, building that relationship so that they understand where we're coming from and ultimately, you know, set some goals individually. If it's a long-term injury, there has to be Um, some smaller goals so that, you know, they feel like they're achieving something and kind of don't get lost that they're going to be out for six months. So it's kind of setting some short-term goals while ultimately keeping the long-term goal in mind. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense because I know that definitely you come to Whitewater and you attend a university because you do want to be a part of the sport when you are in athletics and obviously an injury can take a huge toll on you. So knowing that the rehab plan is going to be created for you and that your trainers are on your side and want you to participate in sports is a huge plus. So after you um, evaluate 
an athlete's injury, how do you determine their readiness to return to competition? So we're very fortunate at UW-Whitewater. Our athletic training staff works closely with our team physicians who provide our you know, supervision for our licensure. So Dr. Maldonado and Dr. Fiddler uh, have been with us for years and do a great job. You know, if there's something that just isn't right or something that needs to be evaluated further, um, they're a great resource for us and for our student athletes. Um, you know, it's also working with some other healthcare professionals. Um, our physical therapists will come in on campus as well to see student athletes. So it's kind of working with other allied healthcare professionals to, you know, determine A, if they're healthy enough to return. And then B, it's, you know, working with the student athlete and the coaching staff to, you know, kind of graduate their return to practice. You know, just because you're healthy enough to return to practice doesn't mean that, you know, day one, you can make it through a full practice safely. So it's having those relationships as well with the coaches of, you know, this is what this student athlete can do on this day as we progress back from their injury. And so it's also, you know, not only the student athletes having confidence in the athletic trainer, but it's also, you know, the coaches having kind of that confidence in the athletic trainer that they're going to return them in a safe manner, in a safe time frame that allows, you know, the student athlete to have the best experience and this coaches to have their full complement of players when needed. Right, that makes total sense. So you you can be the bearer of bad news when uh, injuries do occur. So how do you approach that situation um, with an athlete? Because like said before, um, you know, students come here to participate in sports and obviously an injury can take a huge toll on um, everything that you have worked for in your athletic career. It's definitely not the part of my job that I look forward to. Um, and it's kind of one of those things that, unfortunately, you get a little bit better as, you know, as you have to deliver more bad news. Um, you know, I think the, the things that I always try to uh, think about when kind of delivering that news is, you know, being honest with them. You know, I try not to deliver any partial, you know, news that I have. Um, it's, you know having some empathy for them for where they're at because um, um, you know it may be you know their first year in the program you know where you know they're going to have three or four more years to participate following you know a season and an injury but it's also you know trying to be realistic you know it, it may be a senior who ultimately has played their last game or practice as you know a warhawk due to their you know career ending injury so you know the things is you know, things for me, overriding factors for me are being honest with them, you know, having some empathy for them, you know, and then just trying to answer whatever questions they have uh, about the injury. Um, and then, you know, they can feel sorry for themselves for a day. And then it's kind of developing a plan to get them back, you know, return them to action as a student athlete or just, you know, rehabbing their injury so that they can have a normal life after athletics. Right. That makes sense. I mean, I know when COVID happened, it almost felt like it was an injury because you never knew that that was going to be your last competition. But I think just being open and honest and knowing that the athletes trust in you is the best bet for them. 
When working with athletes, um, how do you focus on ways to prevent injuries with them? Do you do, you know, more flexibility training or how does that work? Um, it's part of the evaluation process of, you know, trying to identify risk factors that may have caused their injury um, to try to determine if they have any asymmetries, to determine if they have, you know, any faulty, faulty motor patterns. Um, and then just, um, like I said earlier, it's kind of trying to treat the whole athlete and make sure that, you know, even if they just came in for an ankle injury, you know, if they have some, you know, weakness in their hamstrings, hips, or glutes, that you address that as part of the that therapy in order to kind of prevent any further injuries. And so it's trying to treat the whole student athletes um, to prevent any further injuries. Right. I know that I have focused a lot more being in college athletics now, just focusing on flexibility because as you get older and as you continue playing your sport, your body wears and tears with you. So just making sure that you're really ready for competition is obviously a great help to performing your best. Now jumping to COVID, how has your role changed um, and how has rehabbing athletes changed? What does the training room really look like nowadays? Oh, COVID-19, which is something I wish I would never have heard about (laughs) Uh, because at no point in my career had I uh, envisioned that I would be an athletic trainer during a pandemic and then ultimately... um, individuals looking at me for the answers of what we should do. Um, so I guess when I first started, I was actually with our men's and women's track team in at the NCAA championships. And so uh, we had finished kind of the last practice day. Um, we we're getting ready for the competitions the next day. Um, obviously, our team was <clears throat> ready to go and kind of focused. Um, and then, you know, the dreaded email came that, um, we were going to um, cancel all NCAA championships. And so, you know, tr- trying to have to deliver that message to, you know, student athletes in a hallway of a hotel that were about ready to compete, you know, to potentially win a national championship was um, not not a great day. Um, there was a lot of unanswered questions. No one really knew anything. And so suddenly it went from, you know, some of our student athletes, you know, having a legitimate shot at winning a national championship, you know, the following day to how are we going to get home, you know, and all that stuff. You know, at that point, everybody assumed we were going to have spring sports. And then obviously, as everything continued to escalate, all those things got thrown out the window. Um, fortunately, um, I was placed on our UW Whitewater Campus EOC emergency operations committee, um, which was, you know, tasked with the large task of returning students to campus on in the fall of 2020. Um, So that was um, really great to be on there. It was great for athletic staff representative on that committee um, because it allowed us, you know, to know what the campus policies were going to be that we're going to have to follow, but also kind of point out some intricacies that were going to be different for athletics. Um, So using the EOC, um, I also am on a national committee of athletic trainers. Um, 
ICSM, Intercollegiate Council for Sports Medicine, um, the Division Three group that I'm part of. There's five of us. We actually hosted a national webinar um, talking about how schools should transition back to athletics and what precautions would need to be taken care of. So there's a great partnership with ICSM, uh, American College of Health, some other organizations, the NCAA, the NATA, to figure out what we needed to to get back to athletics. Um, and then, you know, fortunately, you know, Ryan Callahan, our interim director of athletics, you know, was very open and kind of took any feedback that I had, you know, in terms of being on the EOC or other committees and trying to develop a plan to return to athletics. I was also on the WIC return to athletics committee. And so just being on those committees kind of gave me insight as to what other institutions were doing and what needed to be done here. Um, Unfortunately, obviously, we didn't get an opportunity to play any of our fall sports. um, But, you know, we got to a point where they could at least practice and kind of get something out of the fall. Um, So I think, you know, talking to our coaches and our student athletes, they were thankful for that. Um, You know, everything is a little bit different now. Um, Student athletes prior to any practice or uh, competition um, are going to need to be temperature screened. Um, they have to fill out their uh, 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 Sway medical app, which uh, some student athletes are better than others, which will ask them five or seven, you know, symptom questions um, a day. Um, and then they, you know, we've been fortunate enough on our campus, you know, to have some surveillance testing, to have some testing available for our student athletes you know, during the first semester so that we could kind of, you know, do some surveillance testing, keep an eye on, you know, the infection rates amongst teams. Unfortunately, there were some times where we had to shut teams down, you know, due to some positive results. But, you know, our feeling was obviously we were going to do what's right for our student athletes' health. Um, And if that meant shutting down teams so that the campus community, you know, was going to be a safer spot, obviously it was an easy decision, you know. Other things that are kind of different, um, obviously, uh, the capacity of the athletic training room is smaller. Um, It is around 11 people. Um, I keep one spot for emergencies that may come in from a practice. So um, there were some days in the afternoons where everybody at times were in there and there was, you know, 30 to 40 bodies laying around everywhere. And, you know, now it's, you know, it's 10 10 people max and so you know that's different um you know it's good it's bad um obviously you know some of those times you know it was some of those times where you can develop that relationship with the student athletes that were in there um in a group setting so everything's a little more individualized right now obviously again probably your sole focused attention but you know someday i hope to go back to normal (laughs) I could not agree more. I know that just when COVID happened, like with all athletics, it was a huge shock to everyone. I know that when I found out that golf was canceled, um, I had, you know, just planned on being home for spring break and then I was going to come back to school and still hopefully be able to practice. And that didn't work out to be... Uh, the way that everyone thought it was going to be, but I'm glad that there has been a a bit of return to sports and that athletes are feeling 
a bit of normalcy, even though the athletic training room, you know, isn't jam-packed, crowded, like I'm used to it being, and, you know, everyone's screaming over one another, talking, but, you know, it is what it is, and we'll get through it, and we got a great announcement about winter sports, hopefully taking place February 1st, so that's all good, and, you know, hopefully those athletes continue to fill out the Sway (laughs) app, because I definitely am not the best at doing that. Let's take a break to talk about Educators Credit Union. We're all educators in our own way. Whether you share knowledge in a classroom with your kids or with your friends, there's a teacher in you. That's why Educators Credit Union membership is open to anyone who works or lives in southeastern Wisconsin. To learn more about joining us, visit ecu.com or call toll-free 1-800-236-5898. That's ecu.com or toll-free 1-800-236-5898. Educators Credit Union achieving more together now back to the podcast so jumping off of that jam-packed question what is your favorite part of being an athletic trainer oh favorite part of being an athletic trainer i'm glad that was the question as opposed to favorite sport because <laughs> <laughs> i always will go with men's ice hockey since we don't have ice yeah, hockey here yep <laughs> um favorite thing about you know being an athletic trainer is a you know, trying to help people reach their dreams. Um, you know, it's, you know, whether the dream is on the court or off the court, I think athletics has played, you know, a large part in all of our student athletes' lives. Most of them aren't going to continue on, you know, playing that sport, but their sport has brought them, you know, to our campus. Um, it's opened some doors for them to, you know, maybe go get a college education, a college degree, that, you know, if they hadn't been playing sports, they might not have pursued. And so it's kind of seeing people kind of mature from their, you know, their freshman year to, you know, their senior year um, and how they kind of make the progression, you know, not necessarily just on the court, but, you know, how they, you know, achieve success in the classroom, how they achieve success in different organizations they're in. You know, one of the highlights, I think, for, you know, all athletic trainers, and all of our sports administration staffs are, you know, when student athletes come back, you know, and are successful in their career, you know, and, you know, you know, have a family or their, you know, sons and daughters are running around at a Warhawk game. I think, you know, just kind of seeing people mature and people kind of come back, you know, I think is enough to, you know, do this crazy job and these crazy hours for as long as I've done them. Right. I feel like there's also a sense of comfortability. I know whenever I come into the training room, you always will crack a joke or anything like that, even have just a smile on your face, but it definitely brightens athletes' days. And I think that being able to be a part of them reaching their goals is something that's a super, super cool experience that you live for each and every day, even working through those long hours. Now, a little bit tougher of a question, or maybe not, but what are some of the challenges you face as an athletic trainer? You know, I think some of the challenges that, you know, we face um, is that, you know, we have 16 highly successful individual coaches, um, and obviously, you know, their main goal is their um, singular program, um, and for you know, as an athletic trainer, we have to deal with multiple teams at once. And so, you know, it's trying to, you know, develop a schedule, you know, that, 
you know, allows us to do our job with each of the teams, but also ultimately allows us to have some free time at the end of the day to, you know, have some balance in our lives. You know, it's, you know, as our sporting culture has kind of grown, you know, you know, there's no off season, you know, for student athletes, you know, it's, you know, it's preseason, it's a season, you know, you, your coaches, whomever will give you two days off and then it's, you know, trying to get ready for the next season. So, you know, it's trying to figure out what's best for the, you know, the, the sports and the student athletes in terms of rest, you know, trying to make sure that everyone has kind of a balanced life. You know, it's so chaotic being a student athlete, you know, it's, you know, how, how do our student athletes, you know, find the time to eat, you know, with their practice schedules, you know, are the dining halls open? You know, if they're in here lifting in the morning, you know, how do they eat before they go to class? You know, so it's, you know, there's just so many factors, you know, that go on in our student athletes' lives, you know, that we try to find answers for. And it's also, like I said, trying to make sure that, you know, all 20 of our athletic teams have an ability to be successful. And so it's trying to, you know, divvy up the time of five athletic trainers to, you know, take care of, you know, 550 student athletes and 20 teams. Because uh, there's always someone in season, you know. Our winter sports seasons, you know, don't wait for our, the fall to be done. So there's some that carry over, you know, when fall and winter sports are going. Kind of the same thing with our winter and spring sports. So, you know, it's just trying to find enough time in the day to, you know, do everything we need to for student for our student athletes to be successful. Well, one, I think you do a great job in the athletic training room in doing that. And I also think that Whitewater um, is definitely very inclusive and you see, you know, a bunch of different teams going out and supporting other teams at their events. And I think that we really try to include everyone. And I know that each and everyone's program is important but we all are part of a bigger community and a family and everyone knows that and feels that when they come to Whitewater. Hopping off of that question, um, how do you deal with an athlete who doesn't cooperate with you in the training room or in their rehab program? Honestly Kelly that's never happened in 22 years. Well, that's amazing. <laughs> well, okay. Maybe it does happen more often than that. Um, you know, it's just, again, it kind of goes back trying to figure out what motivates each individual student uh, athlete. You know, is it, you know, do they, you know, some people are lucky they get to be play every minute of every game or, you know, be in every lineup. You know, some students are looking, you know, they're happy to be on the team, you know, you know, as a sophomore, some kids might want to, you know, look for minutes in some sports. So it's trying to figure out, you know, what motivates them. You know, are they happy with their role? Do they want a different role within the team? And just trying to kind of explain to them, you know, of, you know, I can help you get to your goal, but you're going to have to put some effort in with me. Um, you know, and it's, you know, ultimately, you know, it's, hoping that they have the drive and dedication to, if they set an appointment, that they come to the appointment. Um, because ultimately, you know, I prefer not to get the coaches involved, but, you know, if a coach needs to be involved because someone doesn't come to rehab, you know, then so be it. Um, 
you know, because the assumption is if you're not going to come in for rehab from a coach's standpoint is that you're healthy then, and then you can go practice. And so, you know, it's trying to figure out, you know, what's mo- what motivates, you know, the student-athlete, um, what motivates the team. Sometimes it's peer pressure, you know, talking to one of their teammates of, hey, you better make sure so-and-so comes in for rehab, you know, give you the best chance to win, or you guys won't have to run, or, you know, like I said, it's trying to find what motivates the individual or the team. Well, I think you guys do a great job at having athletes, like, trust in you and trust in your opinion. So hopefully, I'm glad it doesn't happen quite often because I wouldn't want my coach to be involved, and I think that each of our athletes should have a responsibility to, you know, attend rehab and trust in the coaching and everything that they're getting. How about what is your biggest motivator in your job? Uh, you know, my <laughs> biggest motivator is... Us? Uh, obviously, I actually I was going to say <laughs> Kelly Storty, but I guess I'll <laughs> include all of our student-athletes is, you know, obviously you guys are, you know, Division Three's kind of a special place. Um, you guys are here to receive, you know, a high-quality education from, you know, the University of Wisconsin-Whitewater. At the same time, you have the ability to, you know, play on highly successful teams in a highly successful league and not only compete for, you know, national championships but also conference championships in each of our sports. And so, you know, I guess I would internally motivated. I would feel, you know, that I'm letting you guys down. Um, if you guys, you know, are so dedicated to your sport without scholarships, you know, all the personal sacrifices you, you know, our student athletes make if I'm not trying to get better every day, if I'm not trying to figure out a way for you guys, you know, to get back on the court or on the playing field quicker, you know, it's just, you know, I think there's that sense of, you know, everyone's making sacrifices everyone's trying to get better here at uw whitewater and so you know collectively i think you know is what pushes you know teams and the entire department um i think one of the quotes that always comes to mind you know whitewater about whitewater is you know a rising tide raises all ships and so you know if one team's successful you know it provides that motivation to another team of being why not us you know so i think it's kind of a self-fulfilling you know, prophecy that, you know, with, you know, one team being successful kind of drives everybody to kind of try to achieve that greatness as well. I totally agree. Being a part of D3 Athletics has been an awesome opportunity because you aren't here on scholarship and you are here for academics more so than anything else, but also being a part of athletics is just being a part of a bigger community a family and being able to compete in the sport that you love and having support of the athletic department your trainers coaches behind your back makes the experience just that much better what is your most memorable moment being an athletic trainer here at uw whitewater oh there's a lot of choices like i said a lot of our teams have been successful um, you know, some of the things that, you know, come to mind for me are, you know, aren't necessarily wins or losses. It's, you know, some of the team meals, it's, you know, messing around with people on, you know, at team, team meals, at dinners, at holiday parties, you know, building some of the relationships, 
um, with not only our student athletes, but our coaches, you know, if I had to pick one, you're going to get me in trouble because uh, other sports are going to get mad at me. Uh, Favorites. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, I think, you know, I think a couple that come to mind, you know, uh, probably, you know, our, our 2012 men's basketball national championship, um, you know, that they won in Salem um, was, it was a great game. Um, you know, they got down early even in the second half, down double digits, but, you know, they just kept, you know, fighting and kind of found a way to win. Um, I think they were down 17 in the second half, and, you know, they just kept kind of clawing back and forth, and, you know, I think that was a great moment. One of the individuals I have a huge, you know, respect for um, currently um, is Davey Fossbender. Um, he's a cross-country track individual, um, you know, he just the amount of pain he can put himself through for a 5k or a 10k or even you know a cross-country race and kind of do it at a high level so you know seeing him qualify for you know the national championships in cross-country and um, track and field you know just seeing you know how excited his teammates were for him obviously he was excited for himself but you know just kind of see that kind of joy that his teammates had for him qualifying you know it's kind of a special moment Right, and to make everyone happy, I'm sure that each and every day creates memories for you, right? Uh, I mean, um, you can't leave out the three-time WEAC golf <laughs> champions as well. Thank you. Even though I was not there, I, I'm kind of that fool that follows along online as much as I can. Yeah, it's a pretty cool experience for sure. But we have a lot of successful programs and couldn't be more grateful for that. Looking at the bigger picture, what do you wish to accomplish by the end of your career if you haven't already done so? <laughs> um, you know, I think the biggest thing, you know, I think anyone wants to accomplish in their career, you know, is to be able to look back and say, you know, I had a positive impact on some student athletes' lives. Um, you know, like I said, it doesn't necessarily mean athletically, um, but, you know, some of the you know, whether they were successful in the classroom, you know, and that led to, you know, a great job or, you know, the relationships they had with their teammates or their friends, you know, that hopefully carry on. You know, you want to look back and say, you know, I had a small part in that. You want to look back and say, you know, we did things kind of the right way um, to me, which would be meaning that, you know, the student athlete, you know, was the center of all of our decisions. You know, the student athlete health, you know, was paramount on what we made our decisions on, you know, and, you know, look back and, you know, hopefully like, you know, you know, as I said earlier, is that, you know, some kids come back, you know, they share their updates on what's going on in their lives and, you know, just six, that's, I guess, how I would define successful career. I agree. I feel like you already have seen athletes come back to campus, see you, you're, you've been a part of their athletic journey, um, not even athletic journey, but their journey here at Whitewater. And I think that you can already look at your career and know that you've done a lot of that and had success already. And you're going to do great in the future. Sad I have to leave you soon. Oh, come on. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> um, so finally, what advice would you give your future self? Um, you know, I think... My future self's advice would be, you know, stay in the moment, um, take advantage of opportunities, 
Um, you never know when you're going to meet somebody who could affect your life, you know, whether it's, you know, a job, friendship, etc. you know, and just kind of value kind of, you know, relationships um, as much as you can. Obviously, you know, the one bad thing about life is that all of you guys go on and leave. It's, it's good and it's bad, <laughs> but, you know, and try to stay in touch with as many people as you can because obviously it gets it gets hard because all of you guys leave and then each year there's you know another 300 that are you know kind of taking your spot so sometimes it's you know you kind of lose track of some of you know the students student athletes that you kind of dealt with and so you know it's just trying to like i said stay in the moment stay connected um with the student athletes and kind of you know for me each day is different so it's kind of trying to find you know the positive from each day and you know come back and start over again. Right. I definitely think it's hard now, like with COVID, being able to stay positive and like take it day by day. But I think that's been the best advice that I've gave to myself is just, you'll get through it. Just keep going because each and every day is one step closer to where you actually want to end up and where you want to be. Now for you, I have five hitter questions before we wrap up today. So I'm going to jump into those. Hopefully none of these get you in trouble. <laughs> How about your favorite sport to watch? Um, favorite sport to watch. Um, it's kind of it's kind of changed. It's evolved. Uh, coming out of college um, it was probably um, ice hockey. Um, I had an opportunity to cover uh, work as a student athletic trainer with men's ice hockey, and I think that was you know a great year and kind of developed a great respect for the game. Um, currently it's probably back to a little more of basketball um i've grew up playing basketball so you know college college basketball um is probably kind of my thing um and so you know i kind of enjoy watching that um all um so it's probably college basketball and also some soccer awesome how about the most difficult injury to rehab um well, unfortunately for one of our student-athletes um, who just experienced this uh, injury, hopefully she doesn't listen to the podcast, um, <laughs> I think um, the most difficult injury to rehab is, you know, an Achilles tendon injury. Um, you know, it just takes so long, and, you know, the the goals that you have to set are so small that sometimes you kind of get lost in the entirety of the process. That's like a year recovery, right? It is. Darn. Oh, well, I wish her the best getting back into her <laughs> sport. Hopefully she'll get back. Um, how about your favorite holiday movie? Oh, favorite holiday movie. I mean, I'm going to start, I'm going to go with the, uh, I'm going to start the dilemma. I mean, does, <laughs> does Die Hard count as a holiday movie? I don't even know what that is. Oh, <laughs> so I can't ask you whether, uh, um, so... If Die Hard doesn't qualify as a holiday movie, I'll go with Home Alone. Okay, that's a good one. How about what are you most grateful for? Um, you know, I think I'm grateful that, you know, just every day um, at work, um, through the long hours, you know, is that I get to deal with, you know, our coaching staff um, who's, you know, great to work with. Uh, obviously, our administration has been um, supportive in, in my 22 years, and they've are the reasons that we are successful. Um, but ultimately it comes down to kind of the daily interactions with, 
uh, my staff, but also, you know, the student athletes of uh, being able to, you know, like I said earlier, just be a small part of your guys' lives um, and, you know, hopefully impart some wisdom and allow you to achieve your goals. Awesome. And I think this might be the best question I've ever asked on the podcast. Um, what is your greatest joke? Oh, greatest joke. Oh, obviously we have to go with the holiday theme here. Um, so, uh, luckily I've been practicing because I uh, actually ask people every day in the training room if they have any jokes. And so, I am going to go with, what does Mrs. Claus say to Santa Claus when it's cloudy outside? I don't know. Looks like rain, dear. <laughs> okay, that was a good one. That was good, and I'm glad you had that, because I honestly didn't know if you were going to be able to answer that. Come on. Steve, thank you so much for joining me today on Inside Warhawk Athletics, presented by Educators Credit Union. I appreciate your time and wish you all of the best moving forward. Uh, thanks for having me, Kelly. And obviously, you know, thanks for doing this podcast and kind of introducing people to some behind-the-scenes personalities. You got it. I'm glad to have you.